I'm having trouble getting my uh, my opening up the podcast groove on here. Let me try again. I've recorded this like 20 times already. It's starting to sound weird in my head. And welcome to episode 117 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today's episode is with Liz. Liz is 14 years old, and we're going to just talk about having type 1 diabetes. You guys are always saying to me like, have young kids on, which I don't know if you understand or not. It's not easy to get like people under 18's parents to say, hey, just go on a podcast with some stranger and talk about your type 1. But uh, Liz's parents were cool, and Liz was cool, so she came on and did just that. Today's episode sponsored by Dexcom and Omnipod. I want to thank them for sponsoring the show. Please go to Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox or myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox to find out more. All right, let's get right into it. This is Liz. Are you nervous, Liz? Not really. Good. That's excellent. There's literally no reason to be nervous. So you wanted to be on the podcast? You asked your mom? Yeah, I did. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, so we're just going to start. Are we going to use your last name? Just first name, yeah. Just first name. Okay. Cool. All right, so go ahead and introduce yourself. All right. Um, My name is Liz. I am 14 years old, and I live in Kansas. I just want to thank Liz right away for being so brave and coming on the podcast. When I was 14, I sat in my room and played Atari because I'm old. Please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise, and always consult a physician before making changes to your medical plan. This is just a podcast. There's something really interesting to pay attention to in this episode. Um, Liz starts out the episode with a lower blood sugar, and it rises during the time we're recording. You can hear in her voice and her responses and her answers how her mind comes back into focus and it's just it's kind of mesmerizing to understand you know I talk sometimes about that idea of getting to be yourself and and this is a really good example of that Liz you have type 1 yes when were you diagnosed I was diagnosed when I was five years old five okay do you remember that time at all no not really but um my mom's told me how I was diagnosed a couple times. So Yeah, she gave you the story? Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you start in the beginning when you were five? I guess that's about nine years ago, right? So mm-hmm. were you doing injections? Yeah, I did injections for about a year and a half after I was diagnosed. So I have a very interesting question for you. Do you remember getting those needles? Um, I mean, kind of. I don't know. I've like I've done injections like every now and then whenever my blood sugar is high, but um, <clears throat> no, not really. My mom always tells me the time of the story though when like I was young and I'm like, you can go ahead and put the needle in. She's like, I already did. So, <laughs> so I just think that's. I, I just wanted to ask you that because I think there are a lot of parents who have young kids who feel like, you know, they're scarring their kids with this uh, this experience of getting these injections and and then i realized with my daughter she didn't even remember it and mm-hmm. it sounds like you don't really either so yeah. Uh, yeah so that that's pretty cool so do you have um in your family is there any other like endocrine issues or are there other di- other diabetes type 1 or anything like that or are you just the lucky one how did that go i'm just the lucky one nobody else <laughs> nobody else okay um so what made you want to come on the podcast? Um, well, me and my mom had listened to your podcast a couple times, like on um, car rides. 
like to and from different activities right and stuff and so and um you were saying how you were like trying to look for kids to come on the podcast and i was like well i might be interested in that sometime and i was like mainly getting interested about right as um right as you um did the podcast with um the um kid who was 14 years old and he was interested in theater yeah and stuff and then i was like oh, i can't come on the podcast now because like we had like almost the exact same interests and stuff and i'm like Oh man, this would be like it would be like an exact carbon copy almost. So you're in Kansas and you enjoy acting. Yeah. Yeah. And do you do it at school or at other places as well? Um, both. We um we have a professional theater close to where we live, and so that's where I mainly do all of my acting. But, How long have you been at that? Um, well, I've done acting since I was seven, but um, we moved here maybe four years ago. And so I've been doing it the whole time we've been here. Okay. Do you have, um, similar concerns that other people have brought up about like insulin pump? Well, actually, I should ask you first, do you wear an insulin pump or a glucose monitor? I do wear an insulin pump. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a CGM? Yes. Okay. So you have, you've got everything going on. Um, <laughs> and do you have the same concerns or do you think differently about it? No, I think differently about it. Um, like, I, I see, like, how you could be concerned that people wouldn't cast you because you have diabetes. But, I mean, it's never been a problem for me. So so maybe it's just, I don't know, maybe it's just the people you're surrounded with plus your own sort of perspective and thoughts about it. Like, I wondered when I was when I was having that conversation back then, like, how much of that was a, was a legitimate concern and how much of it was him just worrying about, what might happen. And then, so you didn't worry about it and it's never been an issue, right? No. And most of the people who like work at the theater are like loving and they want, e they want you to succeed. That's right. the whole purpose. So theater, theater people are generally nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So cool. So how does the, um, how do, how do you handle like, like how long does it take to put on an average play? Is it a couple hours? Um, yeah, about, it just depends on the size. Some, if it's one act, it's maybe an hour, 30 minutes at the very least but and so, then if it's a, i'm sorry i cut you off and then if it's like two acts then it's like a couple hours okay and so you have so there's there's an amount of time and so do you bolus differently do you like where do you usually like your blood sugar in a normal day and where do you like it while you're while you're acting um i mean we usually just try to keep it the same for both um like on the cgm we have my high set for 170 and my low for 70. So I like try to keep it in there, but mm -hmm. um, it just depends. If I feel low, I'll try to fix it like as soon as I can when I'm acting. When do you feel low? Um, yeah, I usually try to because I can't always have my CGM with me when I'm acting. Okay. Because there's like usually no place to put it. So. And at what at what level, like when your blood sugar gets to where, where do you start feeling it? When I'm like start feeling low. Yeah. When do you, when does it hit you that you're like, wow, I'm like dizzy or I can feel myself falling or whatever that feeling is that you have? Um, it kind of depends. Like sometimes if I'm been low enough, it takes like a lower blood sugar, like in the lower fifties mm -hmm. for me to feel it. Sometimes it doesn't have to be that low. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Now, uh, what 14, let me do, are you in ninth grade? Yes. Let's see how good you're pretty impressed by what I just did there. That's 
I felt <laughs> I felt like it was fairly impressive. Liz, I, I, I see I see you don't, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> okay. And so uh, my daughter is in seventh grade and she's twelve. So you can see what I did there. I counted up two, and then I went. 13, 14, 7, 8, 9. I was like, wow, she must be in ninth grade. Um, and I, I've gotten it, obviously, right down. Now, how do you handle mm-hmm. at Liz not appreciating my stupid counting humor? Um, let's see. So, um, good, good job, Scott. Thank you. I appreciate that. How do you handle school? Do you go to the nurse? Do you handle it by yourself? Is there even a nurse? Um, there is a nurse at our school, and um, she actually rotates between, I think, all five schools that we have. Okay. There, and what they did is they split up the elementary school into three different schools. That's like two grades of school. Mm-hmm. So I think she rotates between the five schools. So she's not always there, but I do have like a box of supplies in the nurse's office in case like I need more strips or if I am low and I don't have anything with me. But, ma- there. but mainly but you mo- carry what you need with you? What? Do you carry your supplies with you during the day? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have a bag that I put most of my stuff in. So no different than any other place. And so you just, now, do you have any contact with anyone when you're making decisions about, like, insulin or things like that? Um, Usually I kind of do it on my own, but um, we have the Dexcom follow mm-hmm. app, so my mom can see it and stuff like that. Do you guys so. text while you're at school? Um, Yeah, she has a couple times. It just depends, because some classes will be more lenient about using cell phones um during class than others so so your cell phone's not like part of your like your care plan at school then like like for instance like my daughter can use her cell phone whenever she wants wherever she wants because if it's to contact me about her blood sugar and so um but that's like built into her 504 plan um do you even have do you have a 504 um, I'm not sure. Yeah, I wouldn't be either if I was 14. I'd be like, I don't know if I do or not. I um, I, I so, so okay. So how often do you have to? Do you ever find yourself looking at your blood sugars while you're at school and being like, I literally don't know what to do here. I have to contact somebody. Or do you mainly have a handle on it after all this time? Um, I think I, I probably have a handle on it. I don't know. Sometimes I just guess and we'll see what happens and I'll correct it. Nice. If it like gets really bad. How do you handle lunch? Do you do you do any um, do you do any pre bolusing or do you bolus right before you're going to eat or how do you handle that? Well, it just kind of depends because um, well, my lunch schedule we have two different days mm-hmm. the way the classes are set up. So on one day I have the first lunch and on the second day I have the last lunch. So it um, I usually can't really pre bolus. But I try to bolus like before I eat a little can. bit, but I can't completely pre bolus. I gotcha. Um, what kind of pump do you use? T Slim. How do you like it? I really like it. To be honest, I've used um, I've used um, insulin pumps with tubes my whole life, so I I've just really enjoyed it, and cool. I like the touchscreen. Nice, the touchscreen is cool. What about um, Dexcom? How do you find? How do you wear it constantly, or do you ever take it off? I do wear it constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Arden does too. I don't, um, I don't know. I don't, it, it would be difficult for me to, to do what we do and, and the way we do it without it, I guess. Do you, do you find yourself, can you, like, do you feel more brave with it on, I guess? Like when you're making decisions about insulin? Yeah. I feel, yeah. And like, even if I have it, like, even if it like quits on me and I have to, like, I have to be without it for a couple hours, like, it's just kind of like, 
I don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> I'm afraid that I'll, like, I, yeah, I, it's, I'm more, like, scared without it. Right. So. It's it's nice to be able to see, I guess, how fast it's going and, and what yeah, direction definitely. it's going and, and all that stuff. So how are you with, um, with your friends? Like, do you have a lot of close friends? Are they, I mean, is diabetes something you talk about, tell people, or is it private for you? Or how do you sort of handle the social interaction with it? It's definitely something I like talk about. But all of my friends are like, they're really helpful stuff. And um, one of my friends, one of my theater friends, um, like, I guess it was only about a month ago where um, I had been like pulling my like Dexcom out at um, rehearsal and stuff when it like beeped and like pushing the button and like fixing and she, and usually all my theater friends worry about me and they're like, don't die, Liz. And I'm like, I'm not going to die. I'll be fine. <laughs> um, and so I was thinking and I was like, but um, one of my friends, she was like um, starting to really get on to me. And I'm like, you know, I could put you on my Dexter app so you could see it all the time. And she was up to it. So I, um, she is one of my followers on the Dexter app. So, so- um what does that mean? Like, does she is she like contacting you and being like, "Hey, I'm I'm worried about you," or is she just watching it, or what do you think? Both. Um, it just depends. Um, sometimes she'll text me when I like get low. Other times she won't. <laughs> um, but usually, whenever I'm low, she tries to make a pun out of it. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> what so. are some of them that you get from her? So when you're low and dizzy and not 100 percent certain of who you, what you're doing, she sends you funny texts. Yeah, or she tries to be funny. She tries to be funny. Not not always. Do you think if you weren't low, you would think it was funnier, or? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> some of them I see when I am low. Some of them she'll text me at like midnight, and so I won't see them until morning. I'm trying to see if I can find a good example. Yeah, please. Or is it just a lot of emojis? Like that dizzy? No. Like the dizzy emoji? No. Well, sometimes she'll just text me and ask, hey, are you okay? And I'm like, yes, I'm fine. I'll, I'll be fine. But, well, that's um, nice, though. I mean, do you find, you know, I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth. Do you like it? Like, so she acted all interested in the beginning and, and kind of always involved. So you put her on the share and now she can see it. Now that she can see it, how does it feel that she can see it? Um, I, <clears throat> I personally like it because... Like, after nine years of having diabetes, like, I don't always, like, respond immediately when my mom tells me to do something. I'm like, you'll be like, put in a temp basal, and I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. And then I'll, like, remember it, like, five minutes later because I'm doing something else. Mm -hmm. But I feel like sometimes I'm like, oh, no, I'm low. Now she can see it. Oh, she's going to get on to me. I I better fix this. So So is that accountability or is it shame? Like, do you are you ashamed that you're low and you don't want her to see it? Or do you feel like accountable to her a little bit because she's taken on the, 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 um, I guess the job or the responsibility of being one of the followers. Probably accountability. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect you to feel ashamed. I just, I was interested to know. So have you found a text? What does she say to you? Um, well, here's one of my favorites that she sent me. This was that it was, I must've been asleep by now. Um, it was around midnight and, she sends me a link to the YouTube video Low by um, Florida. <laughs> That's one of my favorites, That's but right. they have some other really good ones. So. 
Oh, that's helpful. Not really, but but that yeah. she, she's just trying to. But she's trying to get your attention, right? So yeah, right. And that's a it's a common problem for everybody. When you're asleep at midnight, you're tired, and Dexcom starts beeping. It doesn't always wake you up, I would imagine. So what? Do you, how do you handle it overnight? Does your mom step in at that point? Yeah, my mom does. She mainly takes care of me at night because I I cannot wake up to anything. Mm. No, no, I know. Mm. I watch Arden sleep through a lot. So, um, so, so how, so your mom helps overnight. Um, does she help other times or, you know, at a meal at dinner, is she not very involved at all? Yeah, she, she helps out most of the time. Like for example, like when the podcast just started, um, I'm low right now. And so she gave me a juice box. And so I just finished that, but. Okay. How low are you? Um, oh, let me see. It, right now it's 46, right? Um, straighter or down. You put in the temp basil too, so I hope that fixes it. Okay, well, you'll let me know if you need to stop. All right. But at the same time, if you want to keep going, I'm happy to keep going. I'm good. Cool. It might be interesting to hear hear what it sounds like. So, what was your blood sugar when we? So we're 15 minutes into it. What, do you know what it was when we started, or did you not look? Mm-mm, let me look. Um, it looks like I did just. Um, I can't tell exactly, but probably just a little bit below 70. And had you eaten already this morning? Yeah, I had grapefruit. So is this the other side of the bolus maybe being too much? Yeah. yeah. Probably. Well, <clears throat> I don't know. It's, I've just found that it depends on what I eat breakfast. Like, some, like even if I eat, like, this is a crazy example. Like, once when I ate bacon for breakfast, that was just it, bacon. Mm-hmm. Like, my blood sugar, like, shot up. And then the next day I ate, like this like chocolate pumpkin muffin for breakfast and my blood sugar went down, which is like, <laughs> all seems like, sort of backwards, right? I know. Like this shouldn't be happening. So you, you got to give me a break here. So you think on bacon day, it was going to go up no matter what. And you just happened to have bacon when your blood sugar was going to rise. Well, I don't know. It had just been like going up like for almost every single thing I ate for breakfast. And then the next day, like, the next few times I ate those muffins, it like went down, which is just so weird. <laughs> so, like, so you said you had your deck set at seventy and one seventy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And how do you? Are you happy with like? Do you really think much about your A one C, or is that something your mom follows? Or, um, yeah, I, I do think about it. How does it impact your like decisions? Do you like? Do you see? Does food seem like a? Does it seem like food or does it seem like, wow, I shouldn't eat that or because I'm trying not to accomplish, I'm trying to accomplish something and I don't know if that's going to help me or do you not think about it that way? Um, no, I usually just think, oh, I'm hungry. Oh, look, there's food. Good. I like food. I think that's good. But I don't, I don't mainly think about it, so. Excellent. And are you, um, how, how is your, do you see your endo quarterly? Um, yes. Yeah. Actually, we just switched to a new one because insurance wouldn't cover my old one. So because of it, did your insurance change or did it just, was like, did you go from two different companies or did it just suddenly they were like, Hey, you can't go to your doctor anymore. Well, um, my last window was, um, was over in Kansas City, Missouri mm-hmm. and they wouldn't cover us going out of state. Okay. So we had to find one in Topeka. One that was closer to where you're at now in the same state right now. Yeah. Gotcha. <clears throat> and for most of us who don't know anything about um, geography, we, we were probably just really surprised to find out that Kansas City and Kansas are different places. So, um, although I knew, I knew, Liz, 
I'm not saying I mm-hmm. didn't know. I'm saying that other people might not have known. But, you know, it's very exciting. How do you like living where you live? Um, We really like it um, a lot better than where we've lived. We've had to move a couple times because of my parents' jobs. But um, I Were so they far, bank robbers? No, they aren't bank robbers. That's not why you had to move. You weren't running from the law or anything like that? No, no. they're pastors. Oh, um, yeah, that's different than so, robbing banks. Yeah, they're the, they're the, ex- the exact opposite. <laughs> so. so they move because they get new, uh, they get new, yeah. pl- new places. Yeah, we get moved to a different church. Okay. Um, and so where were you before Kansas? Um, well, we've been in Kansas the whole time. Okay. We've just been in different parts of Kansas. Okay. Again, I don't obviously have a grasp of the geography. But nevertheless, um, <laughs> what do you like so much about where you're at right now? Um... Well, it's a smaller town than where we were last time, but um, I like all of my friends that are here, and like it was almost like maybe not even like six months after we moved from where we were that all my friends who live there moved, except for one who's still down there. Everybody bugged out, and you were by yourself. Exactly. Well, well, by that time I had moved too. <laughs> you were bugging out too. <laughs> so yeah, I had bugged out too, and everyone else. Well, we'll talk, let's talk a little more about your about having friends when you when you have type one and you're your kid. Why do you think you don't sound like you're in any way shy about it? You don't sound like you're hiding or reserved or anything like that. Do you think there's something about how you were raised or how somebody, you know, asked you to you know when you were little told you to think about this in a way that 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 led you to this, or do you think it's just your personality? Um, I don't know. I just kind of, I mean. For as long as I can remember, I've lived with type 1 diabetes, so it's just kind of been a part of me. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I can't just, like, like hide that. Or, so you, like, you wouldn't be things. any more um, wanting for people not to know that you have type 1 uh, than if you were, I don't know, a soccer player. It's not like something you would hide. It's just who you are, and, and that's how this works. Yeah, it's just kind of become who I am. So. That's a very good attitude. And But you don't think, I was trying to give your mom credit, list, but you don't think that your mom had anything to do with this. It's just, you just um, well, rocking it. Well, probably did, because after I was diagnosed in kindergarten, and then um, until I was like in fifth grade or so, mm-hmm. we um, would, like at the beginning of the year, we would give my class like, um, like, like a little like diabetes lesson to explain like, um, that like if I like had to get shots, why I had to get shots yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Did you have like puppets? How did you explain it to them? Was it like the beginning um, of Jurassic Park? I think we actually had like a couple of like different books or I don't know. I can't remember. I was joking about details, the puppets. But. If you would have said yes, we had puppets, I would have been like, oh, that was weird. I didn't expect her to say that. <laughs> uh, but and so now I let's let's go back. What's your blood sugar? What's your CGM say now? Are you more like sixty five now? Take your time. Oh, well, it's kind of better. 44 angle down. So the juices hit you, and now, is that how you think about it? You were were falling, and then then the juices hit you, so now you see the arrows diagonal down, which I always think of as it's about to swing up the other. It's swinging up. Yeah. Right? And you don't feel in the 40s? Like, if you tested right now, this long after a juice box, 10 minutes after a juice box, do you think you're probably more like 60 or 70? Well, I I'm not quite sure because I like I can like feel that I'm low. I'm shaky. I should probably check. But go, um, go ahead and check. Oh, if, if you want to, I'll but, like I I kind of do this like little. It's not really like 
test, but I just kind of like hold up, hold my fingers together. And if I'm like, if I can see that I'm shaking, I know that I'm definitely low. What if your eyes are shaking at the same rate that your fingers are shaking and it appears like it's still because of that? That was just me being stupid. Liz. Don't don't listen to me. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm a work. Okay, this is cool. So Liz is testing her blood sugar. Her Dexcom has her falling to about ten minutes ago. She drank a juice. Now the arrow is diagonal down, which to me means it's kind of swinging back around again. I would think it's possible that she's twenty or so points higher than her CGM says at the moment. And if she's not, she might need more carbs. It is 61. Boom! Damn! Nice. Thank you. If there's anything you want to say right now that props up my ego, um, go ahead and do that now, Liz. Wow, Scott, Mm -hmm. that was amazing. How did you know what my blood sugar was? Anything (laughs) like that at all? I'm ready. Go ahead. Good good job. (laughs) Liz, I like you. We might need to be friends. So... um, (laughs) It's so I, I I guess like that. So you and I do not know each other. I've never had a hand in managing your diabetes ever, but I almost kind of you know talked about what I thought your blood sugar was because in there there's sort of a pattern that 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 follows for most people. Like you know, 44 straight down. First of all, you're doing a podcast with your blood sugar's 44 and it's falling, and if I'm listening to you now talk versus the beginning, you were speaking slower in the beginning. And so, mm-hmm. so your, your, your language now is, is picking up. Your cadence is a little quicker. You're not like searching for words as much, I guess. <clears throat> and at the beginning, mm-hmm. before I knew you were low, I thought you were nervous or, or I thought maybe you were just, you know, maybe it would be difficult for you to, to, to talk while we were going back and forth. But then when I realized when you said you were low and that you just drank a juice, I think there's a pattern there. And I think there's a really valuable lesson there for people who are listening, like, there's a reason I, I'm having trouble describing it, but the, the reason I can kind of figure out where your blood sugar is going is because I guess that your mom and you know how much you're supposed to, you know, how much you take in to help that situation. But then after that happens, what's going to happen next is almost universal. You know, if anyone else was in that situation and their blood sugar was 44 and falling and they took in the amount of carbs that it takes to, you know, help, once I see that arrow go diagonal, I, I bet you were... Like I said, I bet you were about 20 points higher. And so I think that while we're talking, your CGM will catch back up to where you are. And you'll probably end up being, you know, by the time we're finished here, it depends. You know, if you had a lot of insulin going from the grapefruit and you didn't need it all, you might level out in the 80s. And if your insulin was at the very end and it was just burning off really quick and making you high, this this juice could send you the other direction. So I'm almost mm-hmm. interested. You're like my science experiment over the over the <laughs> the podcast. So, so um, do you ever do you think about it that way? Like what what I just said. Do you does it occur to you about how to like like kind of bump your blood sugar around? Understand how to like just manipulate it just slightly like that? Um, not really. Like I I don't like think that um it like might bounce back. I just think oh I'm low. I need to eat like. Okay. I, like whenever I'm low, I always feel like I need to eat everything that I see. That is a very common feeling, apparently. So. Yeah, up among everyone whose blood sugar is low, they what's the mm-hmm. what's the term? People say they feel like I could eat the kitchen. Do you ever feel like yeah. that? that? Mm-hmm. And do you have trouble so. stopping sometimes if someone's not? I with do, you? and so then I have to tell myself I need to put in insulin so that it won't 
like completely shoot up and then how are you at that are you can you kind of be brave in that moment and do it or is it hard for you yeah i can usually i can usually do it but then i'm like usually wrong and then it'll just stay low because i've already so i put in insulin i thought i was eating too much and maybe i wasn't so is that a is that a um a function of being low that it's hard to be cognitive in that moment and really think through everything yeah, I think it it kind of is. Because you're sort it, of just eating uncontrollably and and not uncontrollably, but at a rate where you're not really counting your carbs, I guess. And, mm-hmm, th- and then you yeah. just sort of be like, I probably need this much insulin for what I just ate. And then sometimes you're wrong. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think about how many carbs are in, and I usually try to, like, like I just kind of, like, think about what all I've, like, eaten or, or like, want to eat. And then I usually, like, take off 15, but, like... It usually like Sometimes ends you end up, up going wrong. wrong one way or another. It ends up going wrong. That might be the name of this episode. It ends up going wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <So> I think. <laughs> I think a lot of times with diabetes, it ends up going wrong. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. But but so uh, but that, that, see that's really interesting. I don't even know if you know why it's interesting because you're not the caregiver for someone with diabetes. But it's interesting because in that moment when you're caring for somebody with type one you're not impaired, right? You're not low, you're not dizzy, you're not, you're not in that moment, that feeling where like, you feel like, oh, I have to eat or I'm going to die. Like that, that's not happening to you, it's happening to someone else. So you can almost remove yourself from it a little bit and say, I'm watching the arrows on, the, on, my, on my Dexcom or I've tested and I know where, my blood sugar, where her blood sugar is and now I know how, what this is going to do. And um, you can be more cognitive about the kinds of carbs that someone eats. But when it's just you doing the... Um, my God, I need to eat something. That's you can't be that thoughtful about it for a number of reasons. Um, so it is easier when you have somebody there to kind of, I, I guess, pay attention to the details while you're feeling like that horrible. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, do you find yourself low often? Um, usually I'm low probably more than once a day. I'm sure. Okay. Um, I mean. My blood sugar is usually able to stay in the range, but it, like, has all of these, like, it just keeps going up and down, up and down, back and forth. So, so do you have, do you mind talking about it? Like, if we could. No, not at all. All right. So do you have lows after meals or do you just have lows after you're high and you bolus? I don't know what your favorite part of the episode has been so far, but Liz is fantastic. But we can't talk about Liz right now because this music means it's ad time. And that means I get to talk about the two things in our lives that really do the most for us, Omnipod and Dexcom. Today we start with Omnipod. It is summertime, people. I have been telling you for the last couple of months that summer is coming, that you're gonna wanna jump in the ocean or a pool without taking off your insulin pump. But now you've been doing it for a while. You've been disconnecting and getting in the water and then coming out with a high blood sugar. I know you have. I know you have. I know you've gotten into the shower and then gotten back out again and forgotten to reconnect your pump. And what happened? I know what happened. Tell me what happened. Say it out loud right now, wherever you are. My blood sugar went up. But that doesn't have to happen with an Omnipod because it's on constantly and there's no tubing. It is just wonderfulness, which is not a word. But what do you want me to do? I don't know all the words. I need you. You need you to go to myomnipod.com forward slash juice box and start a free no obligation 
trial today. You're going to get a demo pod in the mail. You're going to see that I am telling you the truth. And that will be the first step to the rest of your life. That's some pretty big words, but I mean them. MyOmnipod.com forward slash juice box. Get untethered, find control of your blood sugar, put yourself in a situation where you can make the tiniest little adjustments to your insulin. I'm doing it right now with Arden. She's sleeping. Her blood sugar got down to 60. I'm manipulating her basal rates and bringing them back up. She's 75 now and on her way back. Come on, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. You can do it. Hey, before we talk about Dexcom, how about this? I just learned the other day that Dexcom is going to continue their support of the podcast by buying ads. Oh, thank you, Dexcom. Yay. Anyway, here's some better news. I was saying to them, hey, you know, we read these ads over and over and they get a little boring after a while. What if we made new ads that were a little more exciting and not as red? And Dexcom was like, cool, let's do it. So you'd be looking for that in the next couple of weeks. Maybe some ads that are uh, not as repetitive. But still, even though they're repetitive, the information in them is magnificent. And you should listen when I say that my daughter Arden is 13 years old. And she never sits still. She moves around like a whirling dervish. You understand what I'm saying? Bang, bang, bang. Off that wall, off that wall. Uh, you know, sometimes she just lays still and watches Netflix. But anyway, but between school, softball, and running around with her friends, she is always doing something. But even with her busy schedule, keeping track of her glucose levels could not be simpler. The Dexcom share and follow features allow us to be alerted whenever Arden's blood glucose levels leave the range that we set. Now see, when we make new ads, I won't have to say Arden's blood glucose levels leave the range that we set because it feels weird when I say it in my mouth. Anyway, the words are true. They're hard to say. The sense of calm and fantastic blood glucose control that the Dexcom CGM system helps to bring into our lives is absolutely invaluable. So please don't wait. Go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box or click on the link in your show notes to find out more. And there are also links in the show notes to Omnipod and everything. The show notes are actually great. I don't know if you ever look at them. Anyway, Dexcom and Omnipod, they sponsor the podcast. They make wonderful devices. And I hope you reach out and try to find out more about them. Let's get back to this. I think it just kind of ends. It bounces around. Yeah. So if I told you that, because you're on Christmas break already, right? Yeah. Um, this is my first day of Christmas break. So. Wow. Well, thank you for spending yeah. it here doing this. That was really nice. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm really tired. I wake up early. <laughs> hey, I woke up early, too. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Liz, my daughter's blood sugar was nuts last night. I slept about three hours. My left eye hurts. It just mm-hmm. There's just a pain behind my eye that I'm pretty sure will only be helped by falling face down on the sofa and not opening my eyes up for a while. But um, <laughs> but But so... But so here's what I here's what I would guess, and obviously, Liz, you listen to the podcast. We should say it now, right? Nothing mm-hmm. you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always yeah. consult a physician because I'm not a doctor and I'm not telling you what to do. This isn't advice at all. Okay, so if I was you, I would <clears throat> spend a little bit of my Christmas vacation working on bumping my blood sugar around a little bit instead of like hitting it with a hammer, like pushing it with a feather, and instead of I think one quick way to start that would be to change your high threshold number from 170 to more like 140. Because then you can react a little sooner. And so, like, if you're 140 diagonal up and you can give yourself enough insulin that you think can catch the diagonal up arrow and handle the 40 points over 100, then you can kind of, like, stop that arrow and drift back down again. 
But once mm-hmm. you're at 170, you need more insulin and it takes longer. And then you sort of end up being a little more heavy handed with the insulin to get it down. And then usually end up using too much insulin and end up low afterwards. So if you're making these big boluses, there's a likelihood that at the end, you're either going to need to catch it with food or you're going to get low. Um, and at the same time, if you're making more like smaller boluses or using some temp basils to try to affect things, like, like you know what I mean? Like, so once you're 130 or 140, and say, say you're like sitting at 140 and you haven't eaten in hours and you don't think you have any insulin going, you could make a very tiny bolus or a tiny bolus combined with like a temp basal increase and just try to nudge it back down to more like 90, right? Mm-hmm. And then you should hit there and level out when you, but you know what I mean? But once you're 170 and you're like, oh, beep, beep, I'm 170. Like when you get to 170, one up, you're now climbing what, like two, three points a minute and you're already at 170. So by the time you use your insulin, right, and it starts to mm-hmm. work, your blood sugar is going to be more like 200. Yeah. Right. And now you're 200 straight up while the insulin's starting to work. Maybe it levels out at 220. By then, the insulin you gave for the 170 is not enough anyway. And what ends up happening is what? You probably like dip back down to 190 or 180 and sit there instead. Mm -hmm. And then you're bolusing again. And then eventually you end up low because you're stacking insulin all over the place without food. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Do you ever think about it like that? I'm going to drink. Sorry, that yeah, was I mean, really loud drinking. Um, <clears throat> do, do, does it not – because, listen, you're 14. I wouldn't expect it to, to occur to you that way. My daughter does not think about it that way. Um, that's just sort of how I think about it from being an, like an outsider to it, you know, being able to watch it from a distance, uh, you know, a close distance, but still a little bit farther away. Um, I think that might stop you from getting low afterwards. And I also think that it's possible that when you – and it – you know, it's another situation where you have to be a little more aware. And, and but you know, w- once you get to that 70 spot, like 70 after the grapefruit, like if I was there with you, I would have been like, hey, you're probably going to get low now. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, but do you yeah. just sit at 70? You're like hopeful, like, wow, I, I might, I might be able to stay at 70. That'd be great. Like, like, or do you not look at it until it beeps? I guess. There's a lot of talk. I- do whatever you want with those words. Um, I I don't I I've never really like thought about it like that in in that depth mm-hmm. before, but it like it makes sense. Okay, I, like see what you're getting at. So so I think you could obviously make do whatever you want, but I think when you're home from school, it's such a great it's a great time to do stuff like this because you know you're not it's your life's probably not as crazy. You can probably eat on more of a schedule. Um, you know, you can be a little more thoughtful about it because you're not pulled nine different directions at school and with your friends and everything like that. I don't know. I think it's worth a shot. I would say that. And the other thing would be, I would, um, I would, I would try like a little more like pre-bolusing at meals while you're home to get a feeling, mm-hmm. to get a feeling for how, how that works. Because maybe then you could incorporate, <clears throat> excuse me, one while you're at school. So I don't know how much insulin you get at lunch, but What's your average bolus you think at lunch when you're at school? Um, here, let me see if I can find that on my pump. Um, it just depends on I. Oh sure. I bring my own lunch to school, but mm-hmm. it um usually is in between like sixty to a hundred carbs. Okay, how much insulin does that end up being? 
Um, I think. I don't know how much you weigh, but if I knew how much you weigh, I could probably guess. But are you like 15 units? Um, yeah. I think it's the ratio is like um, one unit for 10 grams. So. One unit for 10 grams. Six okay. 10 grams. Okay, so you're more like. Or, you're, yeah. So you're more like six, 10 units for lunch in that range. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. So, like, for instance, yesterday, Arden, well, yesterday was a bad example. That's a whole other story. Let's talk about two days ago. Two days, <laughs> two days ago, Arden was uh, 119 before, before lunch. Mm-hmm. And so she gets to eat around 1140 this year, but she's in gym prior. So she stops at 1120, she texts me, and we bolus for lunch. Now at 119, and she's not going to be eating for 20 minutes, I can't just give her 10 units of insulin because she'll be really low before she gets to the food Mm -hmm. so we bolus 10 units and then we did an extended bolus so we did 20 percent, which was two units at the time of the bolus at 11 20 and then stretched out the the remaining eight units over a half an hour so that by the time she went to sit down the two units was working her blood sugar was more like 90 the other six units that had already gone in were not really working yet and then the last two units were kind of going in as she started to eat. And so when the food started hitting her 30 minutes after the, we did the bolus, she just sort of sat at like 88. And mm-hmm. and so maybe you could do, even if it was a five or a 10 minute te- pre-bolus, and not the whole thing, I'm not saying. I'm not saying like sit in social studies and like give yourself your nine carbs, your nine units. But even if you were 120 and you gave yourself a unit, 15, 10 minutes before, whatever you end up figuring out it is when you mess around with it while you're home here at Christmas, that could get your 120 down to more like 100 and at least get your blood sugar moving in the right direction so that when you bolus and start eating, do you know what I mean? Like it, you give yourself a chance, I guess. Does that make yeah. sense? It does, right? Yeah, but um, Go ahead. Or at least for this last semester, and this is probably going to change this semester, mm-hmm. I kind of had the same problem as Arden did where... Um, on the days when I had last lunch, I had PE right for like an hour and 30 minutes right before that. Oh, that's handy. <laughs> yeah. So. 90 minutes of PE? What do you guys do? Do you mm-hmm. run to like Kansas City? Or what, what happens? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, there's two different PE teachers. And mine, what he usually did was like, we would play like a game for about an hour. And then the rest of the time we would go into the weight room. Okay. So. No, it's cool. Yeah, and yeah, and like I'm saying, it might not be possible. Like, but while you're home at Christmas and your mom's around, and you can like focus on it a little more, you could definitely figure out what is possible. And maybe, maybe I don't know what it is. Maybe it ends up just being like 20 minutes before, you know, a half an hour before before you go to lunch. Maybe you just crank up your basal a little bit and give yourself some of your insulin through basal. Like, or maybe you don't. Maybe you're 80 coming out of gym and there's nothing you can do about it. And in that situation, mm-hmm. you know, it's different. But at least you'll know that in when the situations vary, you'll have a better idea of oh I you know I can employ this idea here or this one here, um, and it won't seem like a big thinking. It won't be something that you have to sit down and really like crunch the numbers about. It'll be you'll have enough experience with it. We'll just go okay. Well, I'm 150 right now, so I might as well bowl some of this now to get more mm-hmm. like, because if because starting lunch at 150 is probably definitely going to put you at 250. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that what happens to you? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. You're very mature for 14. Thanks. Is it the Kansas thing or the pastor thing? What do you think it is? Um, 
Well, I'm also an only child, so gotcha. that might be some of it, but I don't know. Do they love you too much or not enough? What happens there, Liz? Not that we're talking um, behind your parents' Maybe back. too much. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's too much. Of course not. It's fantastic. I was an only child for, I gotta think, probably five years before my parents brought along my brother and then ruined, mm-hmm. my, and ruined my deal, where I was like getting all the gifts and everybody cared about me all the time and nobody was there, else was there to take my deal from me. Um, but yeah, being an only child is kind of cool. Like, and do you think yeah. it just, are your parents home a lot or are you on your own a little bit? Does it, like, where does being mature come from at 14? Um, I mean, my parents are usually home most of the time and, like, if I had, like, some emergency at school, they would be able to, like, come down and take care of me. They if, could. Like, if it was that bad of a situation. Well, I guess. But most of the... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Most of the time, I, I'm just usually, like, by myself working on homework and stuff. I'm, Or yeah. I'm at rehearsal or something like that, so I'm I not think, home all the time. I think 14 is about the time my son just, his whole life became homework and sleeping. Mm-hmm. It seemed like, and baseball. That was pretty much the uh, the things he did. Um, mm-hmm. So you, you hide in your room. I'm not saying you're hiding, but you go up there and hunker down. And, yeah. Yeah. Take food. That's usually what I do. <laughs> Does your mom have to come in once in a while and say things like, please empty your trash can. It smells in here, stuff like that. <laughs> um, most of the time she doesn't even try to help me clean my room. It's kind of a mess. I, but I mean, I just really need my bed in here. So I guess <laughs> as long as that's there. As long as there's a path to it. As long as there's a path to your bed, everything will be okay? Yeah. So they don't have an office because God is everywhere, right? They can just be wherever they're at? I mean, they do have, like, an office at the church, but there's also one here at home, so most of the time my dad just works from home. Yeah, I was kidding. I was trying to see if he would laugh or not. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. Um, uh, no, I just thought there's not many jobs where what you do is mostly... I guess the thoughts in your head and how you yeah. re- relate them to mm-hmm. other people. Yeah, you know, like there's there's yeah. not a lot of jobs like that. So, um, huh? Okay. So, have we not talked about anything that you wanted to talk about? Um, um, kind of made a little list. I don't remember where it, what I did. You don't remember it is. You know, your personality is like, like I can hear it now. Whereas in the beginning, it was harder mm-hmm. when your blood sugar was low. It was, it's really, it's actually interesting. I think. You might even find it interesting listening back, but I really think the people listening are going to find it interesting. Like you were, you were doing it. You were answering the questions and and you were thoughtful about it. But everything was a little slower and a little. <clears throat> I don't know how to put it. Maybe like like life, um, lifeless almost. Like you know what I mean. Like like hollow maybe is the word. Yeah. Right. And now you're much more animated and um, and sort of like present. I guess is the way I would put it. Yeah, I, I get you. Yeah. So you had a list? What was on it? I did, but I don't know where it went. It's okay. Like, I don't know. Would it be on your phone? You guys do everything on your phones, right? Well, okay. So this is a crazy story. Last night we had um, a white elephant thing. and In Kansas? Um, it, was at, it, was, uh, it was at my church oh, um, for the youth group. Not and a real like, elephant then. This is like a gift gift. No, it occasion. wasn't a real elephant. Okay. So this is a gift one. Um, and I got a Kindle Fire from that. Nice. Like, I know that's like a really nice white elephant gift. Someone had donated it to the church, and so Sweet. I got that. And so I tried to like, I'm I'm trying it out, seeing if I like it or not. And I tried to put it on there, but now I don't know how to find it. So 
Now, if you don't like the Kindle, are you going to sell it on eBay? Um, probably not. I, mm. might, I might give it to someone. That's nice. That's very kind of you. I would totally turn it around for cash if I was you. Yeah. But, but um, so, so you tried to make a list on it, but then it didn't. Now you can't find yeah, it. Yeah, I have no idea where it went. So. <laughs> it's quite an advertisement for the Kindle Fire. Kindle Fire keeps track of your entire life. If you can find it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like our our whole family is an Apple family, so I have no idea what I'm doing right now. I understand. We I'm trying my best with it. But. You're doing all right. Do you do, um, let's see, so you're do, you're, you obviously you have your phone, your Dex comes on your phone, and your mom mm-hmm. your mom and dad follow it also. Mm-hmm. And, then, and my and, friend. And your friend. And um, do you ever... Does it ever bother you that your parents can see your blood sugar? No, not really. Cool. That's excellent. So <laughs> so tell me a little more about being like a little kid with like diabetes. Is there ever a time where you can look back and think, wow, that was really uncomfortable or people treated me poorly or did you have any experiences like that or no? No, not really. Like if like I don't know, like any types of like almost bullying or anything. Is that kind of what you're Yeah, just people. Be, like I saw somebody online the other day that said um, somebody came up to their kid and was making fun of them for having diabetes and, and like really being like nasty to them about it. And you've never had any experiences like that? Um, I mean, I had a couple actually. The only two experiences that I've had were both this year. And it wasn't like technically bullying, but um, like it's just like people making like diabetes jokes. But, like, they don't understand that there's two types of diabetes and that you're, like, hurting someone when you say that. So they think of. they're being fun. They think they're being funny. They don't. Yeah. Prob- they're probably not trying to be harmful. Yeah. They're, they're, they're really not trying to, like, be mean or anything. Right. They just don't know. Like, um, I'll give you an example. Um, there was this one time when I was at, like, a summer camp. And... Um, there was, um, and it was a Christian camp. It wasn't like they were just being mean or anything. They were just joking around. But um, they were, like, talking about, and it was, like, at, like, like right after concessions. And so everybody, like, was buying food and stuff. They were talking about, oh, this is going to give me diabetes and, like, stuff like that. And I'm, like, over at the other table, like, I'm, I must have been low or something. Because, like, whenever I think about the story, I'm, like, I seem, I seem like a lunatic in my head. I must have been low. So... <laughs> Um, but I was like, kind of like laughing silently to myself. Cause I'm like, these guys don't know anything about what they're talking about. And then they like, kind of noticed me laughing and they're like, why is she laughing? And then they then this other girl who was like about to sit next to me. She was, she was like, she has diabetes guys. And then they just immediately like, like were completely quiet so, and they were like trying to apologize and stuff. Yeah. So they were embarrassed about what they did afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So they were just trying to be stupid and they were being stupid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I like how you described the, um, you must have been low because you, you, you're like remembering it more in your head, the, the way you the way you were feeling. Yeah. It. So you're not sure if it came out that way, but you know you felt that way. Yeah. I was just like, oh, when I think about this, it makes me seem kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the other. Yeah. You're sort of like the Hulk prior to the... Um, the transformation just as it's happening. And that's probably a weird, you're a girl. You, do you care about the Hulk? You don't um, do watch the I Marvel mean, movies? I, I don't watch Marvel or or whatever the comic book gotcha. stuff is. I don't know. What kind of movies do you like? 
Um, I mainly watch Disney movies, to be completely honest. Yeah, I really get, like. Get down with the, uh, so Finding Dory was big for you? Mm-hmm. I did like Finding Dory. Mm-hmm. I did, too. She had those big eyes when she was little. and. I know. Yeah. Well, baby Dory was my favorite. <laughs> Do you care that Cars 3 is coming out? Uh, I, like, Car- Cars was okay, but, I mean, eventually, like, it's kind of the same with, like, Toy Story 4. Like, don't keep on making sequels and sequels and sequels. Eventually... There's, like, no more storyline. They will stop making those like, movies when they stop making money making yeah. those movies. Don't worry. You'll be you'll be 30, and Buzz Lightyear will be 95 years old with a cane, and he'll be, yeah. he'll be coming I'll out. I'll be like, <laughs> no, you need to stop. <laughs> yeah, please stop. stop. So do you like – you? so you – we didn't really talk about it a whole lot, but so does the acting make you more – I mean, are you are you focused in that direction? Is that your main focus? Do you do you like entertainment in general? I mean, what are you hoping to do when you grow up or get into college? Um, when I grow up, I kind of um, am leaning towards being like a music teacher, mm-hmm. but I also kind of want to be an actor too. So, like maybe live somewhere with like a local community theater that I can like act in in my free time. You could not go to college to be a teacher and then act like one. And then you'd constantly be acting like a music teacher, fulfilling both of your desires. All you would need is a fake diploma, and you could get a job doing this. I could, but I don't know. You feel like that's not the way you're going to go. So what do you do? So, so you can go to school to be, I can't tell how much of the sarcasm is making it to you or not, Liz. I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know sarcasm in Kansas. I don't know if this is working or not on you. Um, so, but you like the podcast, right? Do you think I'm, do you hear me mm-hmm. joking with other people? Yeah. You do. Okay. I got you. Yeah. But you're trying to be polite now? I don't know. You I'm, know I'm, you're what? I don't know. I think I've, I've gotten a little confused here. I'm, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Liz, now I, you're confused because I'm confused and it's, it's fine. Now we're confused together. But I was exactly. going uh, yeah, to say like 14 is like, it's early to think about college. Like my son is almost 17 and a sophomore in high school. Oh, no, a junior, excuse me. He's a junior in high school. He's almost 17. And he's having to think about college now because he's, you know, it's possible he can play baseball in college. But normally kids don't think about it at that age. And so I even see him sort of, it's hard for him to say, like, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? I don't know. And I understand that. I don't, I don't know if it's fair to ask a 16 year old, you know, like, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Like I, I wouldn't have known when I was 16 and I, I definitely don't think I would have known when I was 14, but it's cool that you have a direction because I guess because of your love of, of acting. So do you act as much or do you guys sing in these? Are there, are some of these musicals? Um, yeah, I prefer musicals. That's mainly what, what I do. And I've been in. A couple- like, so are you, do you solo or are you, what, what do you do in them? Um, well, I, I'm excited because I was just a, week ago i was cast in the education department we're going to be doing into the woods in may and i was cast as cinderella no good for you congratulations i'm really excited about that so i do enjoy doing solos and stuff but this is like my first big role Mm -hmm. that's excellent so is it when does it begin like when do you begin practicing okay well it it begins in february it was originally going to be like in December, and we would do it like for the first two weekends in February. Mm-hmm. But um, we had conflicts with the high school musical because we got a new aud- auditorium in the high school. Okay. And so they had to move the high school's music back to January. And it was originally in November. And do you guys so practice? So then we had to move. 
I'm sorry. Do you mm-hmm. guys practice in the afternoons right after school? And do you do it like every? And do you go into the evenings with the practice? Um, for the high school, we do it at night just because so many people, most of the, like, well, not all of them, but we, like most of them have like are involved in sports or different things. So we usually do it from like about six thirty to eight thirty. I see. And so you get to go home first and eat and then come back. Um. Well, I'm home for about 30 minutes because I, ha- I have a, an internship at the um, professional theater in town. Really? So I go there and work after school. Oh, that's excellent. What do you do there? Um, it depends. I used to do um, science, like um, give out contracts to the professional actors we oh. were getting there. Um, I'm not doing that anymore because they got a real, like, a real person who could legally sign those. But... Um, <laughs> Liz is like, I'm just so, going to write Liz right here, Liz. And then, <laughs> this is all legal now. <laughs> yep. But that's but, really, um, Is that a paying job or is it just a, is it? No, but they aren't paying me. <laughs> do you steal stuff to make up for it? Like staplers and paper and stuff like that? No. No. I, I just, I'm just volunteering. That's really cool. But it's the experience, right? It's being around the, the production and, and how the back office works and everything. That's all really yeah. amazingly interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Most people just see like the acting side of it. They don't see all the work that goes into the show that's been going on for like months. Is it less glamorous if I saw the back end of it? Would I not, or or is it is it cool in a different way? I don't know. It's just it's just kind of cool to like see the what all goes into it. I so think. is that so? I'm interested. Is that something you searched out? Did you or did someone tell you about it? How did you end up with the uh, the internship? Um. The executive director um, offered me the um, job, and they originally had it as like <clears throat> their um, their company manager was usually like um, like a teenager, and now they now that um, we have like more money and stuff, they can actually like pay a person. Gotcha. So but, they um, were, you were willing to work for free, so they found you. Yeah. And they figured yeah. pastors' kids probably won't steal anything, and exactly. and, and you didn't. Good for you. Nope, I but haven't yet. Never take my advice, except, you know, I mean, a, a ream of paper. You're working for free. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you got to get something. Take something out of the refrigerator, even. Like someone's yogurt. I don't know. Is there yogurts in the refrigerator? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> well, we also have, like, a cinema there, so there's, like, there, but so I can you see like movies there? For yeah, you can. Um, whenever we're not doing shows, they show there. But you can see the movies for free because you're an intern. No. Oh my gosh, Liz, you have to revolt. This is it. You have to make demands. You say, "Listen, well, I give they, my time." Okay, they they let me into their two summer camps free. Oh, so. well, that's wicked. Is that's probably so. a pretty good savings, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I can't remember what they were, but one was like a one week improv camp, and the other was a three week theater camp where we did Aladdin Junior. All right. Well, then I take everything back. Don't steal any paper. And, <laughs> but I still would like to see the movies be free. I don't know. I think we could negotiate this for you. Do you want me to make a call? Nah, no, I'm good. Well, right <laughs> for this year, I have like an all-access pass that all three of us bought, and so I can go to any movie as many times as I want to. Is it a, a like a contemporary theater or is it an older theater? Um, like, what do you mean, like? like, is, it like, new, like is it is it new and like fancy, or is it has it been there for a while and it's kind of quaint and cool? Um, I mean, kind of both. Um. We used to have, um, our old theater was in this church, and then, what was it, two years ago, um, the um, 
theater had a fire and everything burned That's down. Awesome. And so we lost almost everything. Wow. And they but, rebuilt um, I wasn't sure if you were going to say they, they rebuilt it then? Um, no, we didn't rebuild it. We moved into um, the um, half of like the office space from like um, and another like warehouse or okay. I guess that's not the right word. Anyway, another company that had gone like bankrupt, we moved into where they were. And so then we renovated it and um, <coughs> added like a stage and stuff. And so it's uh, like our new theater and it's actually working a lot better than it was where we were so so the fire ended up being good um yeah kind of in a way there you go. if like <laughs> i mean if the fire hadn't like i i don't know if they would have made it this long no kidding well, that's really weird well all right listen listen so what let's let's finish up because we're coming up on an hour what are your plans for the um for the christmas break just sleeping um well schedule's kind of crazy this year with Christmas being Christmas Day being on a Sunday, mm-hmm. and we have to preach on Sunday. So, but I think we're going to go out to my grandparents' stuff um, a couple times. Well, let, let's talk break. about that for a second. I'm, I'm hearing something here. I'm not sure I like. So on Sunday, because there will be worshiping going on, you don't get to mm-hmm. open your presents right away. Well, the service we we usually have two services, but we took away one of them because, like, let's be honest, how many people would really like want to go to church on christmas day yeah yeah but um my presents so so yeah we moved it to ten thirty, and so you'll have like time to like open presents so, so you're going to get but, up on christmas morning showered get dressed open presents go to church come home mess with your stuff try to figure out how your kindle fireworks stuff like that and then and then the rest of the day is just hanging out with family probably i don't know nice. um well to be honest i'll probably only wake up like 30 minutes before we have to go. To be <laughs> I'm like in the past, like three years, I'm always the last one in my family to wake up on Christmas day. Someone's got to be so. last. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah. That's well, all right, well, Liz, first of all, thank you very much for, for reaching out and wanting to come on and doing such a great job. Let's, uh, let's look one okay. last time. What, what ended up with your blood sugar? Where's it at? Ooh, um, Do you feel better now? Yeah. It's at 89 angle up. Oh, gee, I feel like I said 91 when I guessed, but so close. You did say something around 90. Yeah. Good job, Scott. And Liz, thank you. Now that your blood sugar is higher, you're much better at giving me compliments, which I enjoy. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) Tell your mom that it was really nice of her to let you do this. I would not let my 14-year-old talk to some strange person over the Skype. Um, So it was really cool. I think people are going to enjoy listening to you. I don't 100% know when it will come out. Um, because believe it or not, there's a lot of them recorded. So they come out sort mm-hmm. of slow and steady, but it'll probably be into the new year. And I will uh, send an email to your mom at the time and let her know. All right. Um, so Merry Christmas and uh, Merry Christmas. have a happy new year. And would you do me a favor? Um, mm-hmm. If you try to make some of these little like adjustments over the, the week that you're out, would you have your mom email me and tell me how it went or who you can? Sure. I'm, I'm interested to know what happens if you try. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Liz, have a great day and enjoy your vacation. All right. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. So I just want to talk again for a second about that concept of just getting to be yourself. When we talk about blood sugars not fluctuating, being too low or even too high, there's a real impact on your thinking and your thought process and how you are and who you get to be. Liz came on today and she was just really brave and talked about her diabetes, but she I think did a greater service than, than even that. 
by letting you hear what happens when her blood sugar is low and gets higher. I think that overwhelmingly that is the takeaway from this episode, that keeping a blood sugar as steady as possible and as in range as possible goes a long way to you or your loved ones being themselves and getting to enjoy life at the level and the speed and the intensity that, that they deserve. I want to thank Omnipod and Dexcom for sponsoring the show. Please go to myomnipod.com forward slash juicebox or dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. If you can't remember those, you can click on the link in your show notes and there's links back at juiceboxpodcast.com. I also want to thank everybody who entered the giveaway for the book a couple weeks ago by Adam Brown. We just gave them away today. Um, Five lucky winners. I hope you were one of them. If you weren't, I'm so sorry. Um, And there's been a lot of great uh, reviews put up on the podcast lately on iTunes. I want to thank everyone for those and encourage everyone else to do more uh, because it's nice when you guys do that. I like that.